During my senior year of high school, much like we do here uh, at the end of the school year, we have uh, we had a a reception for our graduates. And at that particular year, I was one of the graduates. Uh, it was me and uh, I believe it was about six other people, seniors, of course, and uh, all very good friends of mine. And one of the things that, uh, that we did, of course, we, again, like I said, we did it just like we do here. Um, we had a kind of a slideshow presentation of all the seniors. And uh, we had, uh, we were given a, a Bible and our, um, of course, our youth minister and our elders all, all presented different things. But one of the things that, that, our, uh, that our youth minister did for us and he would always give us a word. Uh, now, my youth minister was previously, he was previously, an, uh, I believe he was an architect, and uh, I, I, don't, I don't know much about architecture or anything like that, um, but one of the things that he taught us is that uh, there's like this weird way that you write, uh, there's a certain way that you write whenever you're, you're doing things for, for architecture, and he liked to write that way for a lot of stuff, and so... Uh, one of the things that he did is in our Bible he gave us a, a word, a word that he believed best described who, who we were, uh, the kind of people that we were going to become, the, the person that we were going to be. And uh, so, of course, all my other friends got their specific word that, that fit them. And the word that I was given when it was my turn was creative, the word creative. And I will be honest, that word has, has followed me um, a lot of places. It has really kind of opened my mind uh, to try and, and pursue things in a more creative way. And I, I'm, not, I'm not doing this to brag in any way, but, but I've been told a lot, um, you know, I, I've been given that word a lot by a lot of other people, and, and I try to continue to, to pursue that word. And it's followed me continuously, even, even through today. I try to continue to do things with a, a very creative and a very unique mindset. Being creative, as it's defined in the dictionary, is, is having the ability or the power to create. And as we think about that word and we really listen to the meaning of, of uh of what it actually is, what creative actually means. Um, I, I hope that you understand, and, and I'll be honest, I understand completely that this is not really a description that fits me or, or any person here. Uh, because if you really think about it, no human can ever fit the definition of creative. If being creative is this idea of being able to, uh, having, having the ability or the power to create something, we don't really possess that quality. Uh, we, we know that we cannot create. But if we allow ourselves to, to believe that maybe, maybe we, do, we really do create things, and we tend to take this role of the, of the creator then we understand that there's an issue there. There's a problem whenever we decide that 
we are creative, that we are uh, taking the role of creator. We give ourselves this status. We allow ourselves to be creative and that we, we think that we are the creators. Uh, if you go to Genesis chapter 1, I actually want you to turn to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. Uh, but in Genesis chapter 1, we of course learn that God is the creator and he is our creator. And as we look throughout that whole uh, first chapter of Genesis, and then even as we keep going, we see all the different things that our God created. We see each day and each creation that, that he uh, brought to this earth or beyond the earth as he continued to create things. And of course, on the sixth day, he decided to create man. Now, I want to take a look at, uh, at this verse that we read earlier. If you will, uh, look at Acts chapter 17, beginning in verse 24. It says, The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. The end of this verse, the end of this passage here, uh, tells us this, that God gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. It's actually through God's creativity that we exist. It's through God's decision to make man and to, to make us and to allow us to be here on this earth that we have any kind of life whatsoever. We are creative in that we were created by a, a creator. Uh, but we are not the creator. And of course, through this, we understand that everything is a product of the creativity of our God. Everything that is, everything that exists, is simply a product from our Creator. If you will, turn with Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4. So I want to start off by going ahead and reading this verse to you. And then after that, we're going to go ahead and build uh, exactly what's being said and what's taking place uh, here in this passage. In Daniel chapter 4, beginning in verse 29. Daniel 4, verse 29. It says, At the end of twelve months, uh, he, and, and this he is referring to uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, so that he ended 12 months, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. And the king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? So here we see King Nebuchadnezzar make this uh, very strong statement. And we see immediately that Nebuchadnezzar decides to take creative credit of his kingdom. Uh, he understands that this is his kingdom and he has built it to what it has become today. Now previously, uh, in fact in the, the previous chapter of Daniel, 
we see Nebuchadnezzar throw three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, into a fiery furnace. And of course, uh, they come out unharmed, and there's a fourth in there with him or with them. And, and Nebuchadnezzar takes note of this, and, and he recognizes the God that these three men serve. And so right after this takes place, uh, he then begins to, to praise God. He, he's praising God and, and understands the importance and the power of the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And right after that, as we begin chapter 4, we see that uh, Nebuchadnezzar has a very unsettling dream. Uh, he has this dream and, and it's really bothering him. So, of course, he brings in all the wise men uh, of Babylon and they have no idea what the dream is about. And, of course, then he brings in Daniel. And this is actually the second time that he's brought in Daniel to interpret a dream. And so, uh, Daniel comes in and, uh, and he interprets the meaning of this unfortunate dream. And uh, to kind of paraphrase what Daniel brings to Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Daniel basically responds by saying, well, don't let what I'm about to tell you alarm you, but here's what this dream means. And Daniel proceeds to, uh, to interpret this dream. And basically what Daniel tells him is that until you can learn to acknowledge the Creator... You're going, to, you're going to be living basically like an animal. Uh, you're going to be humbled by the Creator. You are going to have nothing. And so Daniel warns Nebuchadnezzar of, uh, of this dream, of, of what's going to, to come to him if he does not, if he does not acknowledge and, and understand and give reverence to God, to his Creator. And so, this is where we pick up in, in uh, chapter 4. And of course, as you see the beginning of what we just read, it says after 12 months. So one year later after this dream, after this interpretation is presented to him, we then see Nebuchadnezzar, well, not really listen to what was brought to him. And so we see him say, uh, we see him say these things like, uh, this great Babylon which I have built by my mighty power. We're going to keep reading here. Uh, beginning in verse 31. While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field." And you shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and seven periods of time shall pass over you, until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. Immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox. And his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hair grew as long as eagles' feathers, and his nails were like birds' claws." So immediately we see Nebuchadnezzar taken from the throne into the field. And as, as strange as it sounds, 
he was taken from, from a place of royalty to almost treated like an animal, made to eat grass and, and to let his hair and his nails and everything just grow. We see that God in this situation brings him from his pride to, to a great humility. God takes him from that throne that throne that he believed that he established on his own, that empire, that kingdom that he had built. And God immediately takes him from that place and puts him in the middle of nowhere with absolutely nothing. God brings him from his pride and he puts him into a place of great humility. I think the life of Nebuchadnezzar is not... Uh, it seems a little outrageous uh, for us, but I don't think it's too far off from where we may find ourselves today. I think that we commonly forget what our role is on this earth. And we forget this idea of who our Creator is, and, and we start to build our own personal kingdoms. We start to look at what we have. We look at the things that, that we have built up, we become vain and we take the glory for ourselves of our creations. There are many powerful and very wealthy people that I believe lived their lives just like Nebuchadnezzar did at that time. They, they share this idea of how they were able to make a name for themselves, uh, how they were able to, to take uh, absolutely nothing, the few dollars that their parents had, and make it into millions and billions of dollars and make it into this great uh, establishment for their own selves. A lot of times people tend to point at something that, that's theirs and say, Look what, what I have done. Rather than, look what the Lord has done in my life. Look what the Lord has done in me. Instead of their lives being a, a testimony of the works of God in their own life, they make themselves the purpose. They make themselves the owner. You see, whenever we take ownership of the things that we've been blessed with, we replace the Creator with ourselves. As soon as we look at the things that we have and we say, this is what I own, this is what I've built, this is what I have, this belongs to me, this is mine, I've done all the work to make this possible. As soon as we do that, we try to become the Creator. We try to replace our God who is the Creator of all things with ourselves. If you will, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul is addressing the church at Corinth and he's, uh, here he asks them a very simple question. And it's a question that uh, those in Corinth had not been asking themselves. They tended to find themselves in, in this same position uh, of trying to take ownership of the things that they believed were theirs. And so here we see him give them a, a very simple question 
in chapter 4, verse 7, he writes, For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Here he asks this question, What do you have that you did not receive? What is it in your life that you have truly created entirely on your own? What is it that you yourself have done the work for and have gotten because of your own works? I hope that you already know the answer to that. Because there is nothing in our lives that we don't have, that we did not receive. Everything that we have, we have received from our Creator. In Daniel chapter 4, of course, the, the story of Nebuchadnezzar, what takes place in the life of Nebuchadnezzar continues. And after this time of, of being out in this field, being out in, in the middle of nowhere and, and basically living like an animal, finally, Nebuchadnezzar is, is restored. Nebuchadnezzar is, is humbled and is brought back into his kingdom. And this takes place not, at, not just you know, after a period of time when, when it seems like he's been there long enough. It takes place when Nebuchadnezzar realizes and understands that he is not the creator. He is not the, the creator of this kingdom that, that he happens to be the ruler of. It is in fact his God that brought him to this place. Now, of course, what took place with Nebuchadnezzar is not something that would really take place today. Uh, if we were to, to be very uh, vain and to take pride in our own personal kingdom or something that we've established, uh, if we were to, to brag about that and to, to tell other people about what we have done, um, we would not have any kind of intervention from God that says, all right, uh, you're, you know, you're getting a little full of yourself. Um, I'm going to take you over into this field and you're going to live there for a couple weeks and you're going to eat grass. And then, you know, once you understand what's taking place, then, yeah, we'll bring you back. That's not going to, to take place today. <clears throat> so, because that's not going to take place, we have to, we have to do something in our, own, in our own minds, in our own practice, in our own everyday life to keep us from allowing ourselves to, to have this mentality. We have to continue and always remember to, to humble ourselves. We have to always keep in mind and understand that, that we own nothing that we have not created a, a single thing, and that everything that we have was given to us. We are simply a, a product of our Creator. And there's a few things that we need to do to continue to humble ourselves as we live each and every day with this idea of humility in mind. 
First of all, we need to be looking to the Word. We need to be using the Word of God that, that we were given to stay on this path. To be an example to us uh, and allow us to, to learn the ideas of humility. To understand what it means to live in righteousness. And to allow ourselves to continue to grow in the way that God wants us to grow. But not only that, we have to be looking to Jesus. Because Jesus was the ultimate example of this humility. Because Jesus decided to lower himself from God to man and from man to, to a sacrifice for man. And it's because of him that not only have we been created, but that we're able to continue to live this life that we were created for. So we have a, a, the chance of being able to live this life and doing it the way that God wants us to and then getting to go and live with Him forever. You see, we are not creative people. I understand that the way that we use that term is, is much looser than the actual definition of what it means. But we have to understand that we are not creative people. We do not create. We do not have the ability or the power to make things from nothing. To be honest, we're really just people that, that rearrange things. We take what's created and we, uh, we rearrange it into something uh, that we use for ourselves, yet we create nothing. We are not a creative people. We are created people. We are created people in a created place with a God who created us for a purpose. With a God that created us for a very specific purpose. And so I have a couple questions for you as we finish our time together this morning. My first question for you is the same question that was given to those in Corinth. The same question that Paul asked uh, the church there. What do you have that you did not receive? What do you have, what, what could you possibly possess in your life that you have that you have never been given? That has not been given to you as, as a blessing by our Creator. My second question for you, are you living out your purpose that the Creator has given you? Or are you too busy trying to be the Creator in your life? It's not difficult for us to choose to look at ourselves as the Creator, to look at ourselves as the owner of the things that we have, as the one who makes the decisions of where our life is going. But it's not the correct way to look at our lives. We have to realize and understand the purpose that our God has given us, that our Creator has given us, and to live our lives following Him. Maybe you are here 
this morning and you feel like you're, you're not doing that. You're not living your life the way that you need to. You're not living your life going down this path that our Creator has set before us. Or maybe you haven't yet made that commitment to be a part of the church and to be baptized and to start following Him and to recognize who our true Creator is. Whatever it might be for prayers or encouragement, for anything that we can do for you, we ask that you come forward as we stand and as we sing. Some